Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morse and I uh, sit down and um, discuss the spiritual giftings. We start off with uh, reading uh, some out of 1 Corinthians and then delve into a larger look at some of David's um, experiences around gifts and, and not only his own personal, but also uh, things he's witnessed. And uh, at the end, we sort of touch on and focus on the, the community aspect of, of, of these idea, the idea of these gifts. So um, before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the edit, editing and sound engineering for this episode. Thank you to Jacob at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background right now. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Desert Rain or reading uh, some of David's writings, theruined.com is the place to go. Also, uh, we have an exciting announcement. We are taking pre-orders for um, David's book of poetry, the haiku poetry, uh, Desolate Beauty, the book of light and shadow is the name of the book. Uh, please email desertrainpoem at gmail.com if you are interested in getting into uh, the pre-order. Uh, we'll be doing that uh, for Oct- the month of October. Um, so if you're listening to this in October of 2022, you can still get in your pre-order. Otherwise, uh, we will have shifted to a website where you can just order it off of there. Uh, if you're interested in hearing more episodes, drcrpod.com is a place to go for uh, our podcasts. Uh, also, wherever you um, listen, wherever you found this specific episode, all the other episodes should be there as well. Uh, and if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. David Morrison. Hello, sir. The chill is in the air. It is October. Where we think autumn thoughts, dusty amber. Sorry. (laughs) And for some reason, it's been raining a ton this this fall. Yeah, it's very wet outside, very clean. <laughs> it decided to not come in the spring and the summer, but wait till the fall. Um, congratulations, sir. Why, we sent you. we sent your book off to be, um, I guess published, printed, printed out. Yeah, yeah. To the printers. So we are waiting. When I go on the printer's website, it says in process. All right. So that's good news. Processing. Um, for today's, ep- oh, I, I do want to say one thing about the book. If, um, if you're interested in pre-ordering, uh, the, the name of the book ended up being Desolate Beauty, the book of light and shadow. Uh, so it, it's basically, if you're, if you're not familiar up to this point, it's, um, 120, a hundred haiku. How many did we 100. end up? One hundred haiku. That's, that's a good in this economy. That's a good. Um, you get a hundred poems, that's and it's like it, twenty cents each. It looks at um, the Chihuahuan Desert, the uh, desert spirituality, um, the interplay of light and shadow in the desert, um, and it's the the different um, sections of the book play on on. On light, and in fact, we we had uh, a podcast that we talked about uh, 
Yeah. Um, Numinous Spaces earlier this year. There, it's a two-part conversation with Bill Helm. Uh, so with all that being said, if you're interested in, in pre-ordering a book, please email desertrainpoem at gmail.com. And we will, um, or I, I will get in touch with you to get how many copies you would like. Um, we, we won't charge you until we actually ship them out. Um, but we are trying to get a, a count where we're at about 50 pre-orders and that's not counting the, the Kickstarter stuff. So we're creeping up towards a hundred, a hundred pre-orders. So, nice. um, anyone else that's interested, uh, it really helps us out because it gives us a, an opportunity to purchase, um, our first printing purchase the correct amount. So we don't, we either don't under purchase and have to do a second run really quickly or we don't have a bunch of books laying around six months from now so stored in um, the bathroom somewhere yeah right <laughs> in the in each cabinet in that in the dorm um but for today so all that being said reach out um if you've already reached out um thank you we really appreciate yeah, that you. it's helped us a lot tell your friends and, um, if you don't have any friends get some we will do you want to talk a little bit about the October 27th event since that this is going to post about 10 days before that? Yeah. So again, our friend William Helm is, I think he's the founder of the Pechacucha chapter in El Paso. I could be wrong. I think, I think that's right. Pechacucha is, is a, it's a grassroots artistic kind of movement where anybody can present, what is it? Is it 20? I always get the 20 math. and 20. 20 photos mm -hmm. on a large screen in a nice venue. Uh, this October, it'll be at the Plaza Theater, which should be very cool. It's a very... In downtown El Paso. Yeah, it's a really cool theater. Um, and so he's invited me to... And this will be the third time, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe uh, fourth. Did you do it before the one where you and Jacob did the drums? That was the first. Okay, yeah. so this, yeah, yeah, this will so, be the third yeah. time. The second one was worldwide, but it was online during the pandemic. So yeah, uh, so I, so I get a, a you know brief time to present those a couple of those poems. Uh, the photos will go through that numinous space uh, that that uh, uh, Bill had come up with. You know the, uh, the interplay of light and shadow, like you said, throughout different times of the day in the desert. So. And and the event will be October twenty seventh, yeah, at seven p.m. at the Plaza Theater. So, yeah, um, come out, support us, show some love. Is Jacob going to do the drums this time or no? I don't or are you know. just going to do it? Yeah, dolo. I, I'm not sure. We haven't put those details. To so this this episode will post on October eighteenth. So it'll be a week and two days before the before the event. So yeah, so if you're, in the if you're area, interested, come, come check it out. Okay, uh, got all that out of the way. Um, today, uh, one of the things we wanted to look at, um, one of the, we kind of have an ongoing theme of the subtitle to this podcast is silence and service. And so um, one of the things that um, David had mentioned was, um, and is this, would this be the right word, uh, spiritual giftings? Yeah, spiritual gifts. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're, I'm gonna read a passage out of First Corinthians, um, and then just to sort of set the foundation. But we're also gonna explore other 
gifts within the the theological and spiritual world and and how we can uh eat because at least for me it seems as though each person sort of has a different calling on the way they can they can be of service through their their particular gifts and um so this uh first corinthians starts with verse seven a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Um, So it's a little bit newer language for... um, what like speaking tongues, interpreting tongues and stuff like that. But, um, so I, I guess we, um, I guess the first, yeah, there's sort of two questions that pop to mind. The first one would be, um, for you personally, what, what have you felt? And I know it's sort of ebbed and flowed through your life, but what, uh, what gifts have, have served you during your, your life and, and ministry and just, just in your, um, just in your life in general. Uh, I don't know. It's something I haven't really thought about in a long time. Maybe I should think about it again. Kind of thing. Uh, in my youth, that was a big focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, that's why I, uh, I mean, you don't really leave the Catholic church. It's like saying you left the mafia. Uh, <laughs> Because that guilt casts a long shadow. <laughs> it's generational, man. It's generations, yeah. It's in my muscle memory, that genuflecting. Uh, but what drew me to the charismatic, wild, kind of wild church was exactly that. I wanted, because spiritual gifts to me at that time were signs of God's presence in our midst. Mm. And so... It was a tangible... It was a tangible sign, yeah. 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 Uh, now, not so much. Now that I've been around for you know so long, mm-hmm. they can and they they can and they can't be. You know, mm-hmm. they are and they aren't. Uh, but that's a complex. Well, it's kind of like topic. every everything, right? Yeah. You know, they think. I mean, we we talked about it on a recent episode, but you know, the good. I think it was around the confession episode. You know, the the positives and and doing the act right. of confession, and yeah. but also how it's been manipulated yeah it can be weaponized against people to control them which yeah which turned me off and uh because you definitely see that whenever you get people together Mm -hmm. um or or it's a deal like the like the the buddhist saying uh what is it it's don't focus on the finger pointing at the moon (laughs) it's Mm. the moon itself Mm, and so, so a lot of times yeah so you can be so focused and obsessed even with the giftings of the spirit that you Mm. miss uh the presence of the spirit Mm. which is love and service silence that kind of thing and so so it's yeah so it's a it's a dance it's a learning process and 
takes many years. So for me, yeah, I guess in those early days, it seemed the gift that seemed to manifest the most in me. I have, I have a, let me, let me give you the th- philosophy first. Mm-hmm. The philosophy that we had, and, and I think this is, comes from uh, John Wimber's teaching probably, uh, which is, um, you know, the, the verse you just read, it seems like there's a difference between manifestations of these gifts. Manifestation in Latin would mean the dancing hand of God. So a group of people get together, mm. a congregation, they wait on God, they worship God. Uh, and then the dancing hand of the spirit will land on someone mm. and they may give a prophecy. Uh, it doesn't make them a prophet. So mm-hmm. a prophet right, would right, be right. an office. So then there are these ministries uh, where you tend to operate in that gift, that specific gift on a regular basis, uh, frequently to serve people. What would be an example of that? A pastor, a teacher. Uh, I think the, uh, the, the Bible mentions the apostle, which is someone that's basically a missionary Mm. in the Celtic church. The apostle was, uh, was the, the, the one that was usually send a bishop out Mm. and a bishop was an apostolic figure that would take, uh, 12 other, monks mm-hmm. and go to a new region and start a mm-hmm. monastery there so that so that's an apostolic ministry um and uh well, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought did i say teacher well, you, pastor yeah well you started off with the like the wandering hand of god right and then you started talking about someone who serve serves in a specific right these role. offices yeah, yeah office. so so the pentecostals would call it the five-fold ministry and they have all in times theology or philosophy mm-hmm, about right. it, you know, that God is restoring that in these days. Uh, I don't think it ever went away. So, uh, and it's, not, and I don't believe it's exclusive to the card carrying Christian church either. I, mm-hmm. I believe, I'm a big believer in the, the mystical body of Christ mm. or the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, um, like the universal body of Christ? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I lost my train. Okay, anyway. I'm sorry. I'm a little tired today. Uh, and there's no sunlight today, so it's kind of dark. It's cloudy. Yeah. I'm, I'm a solar-powered person. Um, so, yeah, so these five, yeah, so these fivefold, uh, which would be the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, uh, the pastor, and the evangelist. Okay. So those those kind of five. So as a so the theory is as a congregation gets together they wait on the spirit of God to move whether through silence through prayer through singing worship sacraments communion uh, that kind of thing the spirit will manifest these different gifts uh, to empower individuals priesthood of all believers that was the word I was looking for the priesthood of all believers priesthood of all believers yeah. and I think it extends out from Christianity, uh, because Christianity so often is against uh, the kingdom of God, so is in uh, so, at odds with the kingdom of God, the gospel. And what would be the an example of that overarching reach beyond Christianity or, or Christian believers? Uh, well, like for example, if you take a, a figure like John of the Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he would be writing in a creative gift called, uh, I guess you call it the word of wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's mentioned in Corinthians, right? Right. So he's this deep, uh, poetry of being lovesick for God, being, uh, touched so deeply, uh, you know, by the presence of God, the love of God to be set on fire by it. And then you take his poetry, the translations in English anyway, from Spanish, mm -hmm. and you take a contemporary of his who I'm sure they, they probably never met, uh, Rumi in the, mm. uh, you know, in Iran, uh, mid, you know, I believe it was uh, the medieval period in Iran, the Persian mm -hmm. language, uh, and a lot of times it's like uh, Coke and New Coke. You can't tell the difference between those two. They're, they had the, the same crossover. experience. Yeah. yeah. So one in the in the tradition of Islam, mm -hmm. uh, and specifically Suf Sufism, mm -hmm. uh, and one a uh, a Christian, specifically a Catholic, and mm -hmm. specifically a Carmelite mm -hmm. uh, monk. So so yeah, that so that you see these similarities. Okay. Uh, you see. Because I, I think a lot of times it's easy for people to to express what you're saying, but they don't have the next example like you're giving now. Right. You know what I mean? To sort of cross that bridge and, and have a very, once yeah. again, a tangible sort of like, oh, okay, that's, yeah. I, I see what I see. Because, yeah, if, you, if you've read Rumi, you know that the stuff in that poetry is very similar. Yeah. You know? And it's amazing. It's a, you it's know, incredible. Yeah. yeah. A verse like... Um, I lose myself in you and I am found again in you. Uh, or I, I think I just botched that. Uh -huh. <laughs> I lose myself in you and you are found in me. Mm, wow, right, oh my right. God. That's yeah. like an amazing. And yeah. And that sounds exactly like mystic poetry. Mm -hmm. And, and in the modern period, it'd be, uh, I think charismatics are very interested in that kind of mm. experience, the experience of it. And I remember being in early, college and uh, I was taking a literature class on uh, world literature. Okay. And yeah, John of the Cross's living flame of love was in that mm. anthology. And I was like, it, it just dawned on me. This isn't just poetry. This is his experience. His life. This, yeah. This flickering flame of God's love burning in his inside. So I wanted that. I, mm -hmm. I was, you know, wanted to experience it myself as well. This longing in me. So, mm. Anyway, so yeah, that that'd be an example. Or you have, you know, a Mother Teresa figure, uh, radical service to the poor, uh, with all of her faults, with all of her, the her, hum her humanness. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if it's faults per se. Well, there's this false dichotomy. If someone uh, has faults, then it can't be of God. Right, which is right, ridiculous. Right. Well, and, and we talked about that. Was it last episode? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, about uh, specifically around Saint Francis, but it, it extends yeah. to any any quote unquote holy person. But there are there are equivalencies in Hinduism of Mother Teresa figures mm. and and in Buddhism mm -hmm. and so forth. Right. Even in the secular world, uh, yeah, there are those. Um, and you never know. It's like the dancing hand. Another example would be um, I've, uh, I I think his name was Adam Yelp. Of the Beastie Boys, uh, he died. The, a the Buddhist guy. Yeah, he became a, a hardcore Buddhist that truly served people mm. with deep compassion. Mm. And who would have thought? You know, this guy yeah. singing, "You got to fight for your right to party," <laughs> and then uh, within a few years, uh, would be a Christ-like figure, or in his context, a Buddha, 
a living Buddha. So. Yeah, and I think if I remember correctly, all three of them grew up Jewish. Yeah, yeah. So a I Jewish so, guy yeah. who convert. I mean, not that you really. Uh, yeah, I guess you convert. Kind, you kind know, of a non-practicing Jew coming uh, to to Buddhism and and serving in that way. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's. <laughs> and so to me, some people would say would look at that as well. They're not on our team. Right, right. So right, right. therefore, they're no good. Uh, I've had. I I feel the more personal. Uh, and intimate your experience with God is, the more universal your outlook becomes. And so, that's, yeah, I think I think that's, that's been that's, my experience. Yeah, that seems to. I'm just I'm I'm just like scrolling some the name of people in my head real quick, and it, it seems as though the deeper and more intimate. And I don't even know if deeper is the right word, but I, I do think intimate is the right word of having that experience with a, with a God or a higher power, yeah. the universe or whatever, you know, and, and it, it comes in all forms, right? Right. We're talking about like, which is the key word spiritual. in the text, right? Diversity of gifts, mm-hmm. a diverse community. Sorry. I didn't mean, to and no, I'm, but I mean the, and some people get there through substances. I've known people that have done LSD, for example, this, this is not us promoting LSD, yeah. by the way, by our brand. <laughs> But and and having this this intimate relationship and it intimate experience with the higher power with it, with the universe and it totally shifting their yeah. their life in in uh, pretty extreme ways, yeah. You know? And so um and it so it can come through all different methods, um, yeah. Anyway, so getting back to this yeah, uh, you're at, diversity yeah. of 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 gifts, um. So yeah, I don't know if you had more to to speak on with your personal yeah, gifts or so, yeah. So again, back to my youth with that understanding, um, the gift that I seem to that seemed to be affirmed in me as a younger person by the church that I went to, the people around me, I was kind of known as a prophetic person, mm. pathetic and prophetic, <laughs> and, uh, and not prophetic with an F. Uh, I've never been good with money. <laughs> so, with a PH yeah, baby. A PH fat. <laughs> Prophetic. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. So I was kind of known to to operate that way, to know things about people that I shouldn't have known mm. and that kind of stuff. And um, and so that was kind of the, the operation that mm-hmm. I was involved with. Uh, prophecy in this, in our understanding at least in the vineyard context right isn't isn't uh isn't telling the future you know it's not nostradamus <laughs> sorry i became a middle schooler it's not yeah. nostradamus <laughs> uh where you're where you're uh you know writing down visions and and predicting things that that are going to happen in the future that's not uh what we're looking for is what what can you how can you serve people now? Mm. So what is the spirit speaking now? What is a in timely the timely word? In, in this, this moment. Yeah. So a good this, example, or, a, or a, maybe not good, but a, the only an one An example. <laughs> in the, a lot of times you'll out here, you'll be on the, these dusty burning highways out here in the Southwest, right? And you'll come up to a bridge. Mm. And the bridge will have a sign on it that'll say uh, ice may form mm-hmm. on this bridge. Well, 
most of the time that's just not true, right? Yeah, 99% of the but, year. <laughs> yeah. So there's so a prophecy is a timely word. Mm. Uh, there's ice on the bridge right now. Uh, slow down. Pull over, slow yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. So so what is the spirit speaking to this group of people specifically today? Mm. Uh, that kind of a thing. So that was that was kind of a timely word, if you will. Uh, and then, yeah, so that's that's a combination of revelatory gifts, uh, prophecy where you speak encouragement into someone that's that's obviously been abused. Uh, mm-hmm. um, our even back then in the eight, late eighties, early nineties, our insistence in our church anyway was if you're going to to give someone a word, that was our language for it. You're going to give someone a word from the spirit. Uh, you had to qualify it with, I think God is saying, I feel mm. God is saying, rather than... Uh, God is saying. God is telling you to quit smoking now, you know, that kind of thing. And you smack the cigarette out of their hand. Yeah, yeah. So that was our our light Pentecostalism. Uh, so, yeah, so there's prophecy, and then there's a word of knowledge where you kind of know the secret of someone, and, and you reveal it, and it gives them faith to hear the prophecy. To, mm. That would empower, hopefully, empower them, encourage them, put them on a path towards healing, wholeness. They can see what they need to do for mm. themselves. Uh, word of wisdom, kind of mentioned it before. You know, it's it's the deeper, deeper things of your life, deeper things of God to go forward in your relationships and work and your calling. So yeah, and um. So I guess the, the follow-up question would be, so you kind of touched on um, your, you know, your own uh, adventure with, with giftings and things of that nature. And I, I'm not quite sure how, how to ask this, this one, but it's sort of um, whether, you know, whether it's, it's close or from afar, but how have you seen some of these gifts manifest um, in ways, whether it's here at the community at Desert Rain or during your time uh, pastoring, you know, pastoring the church or, you know, or even like as a school teacher yeah. or, you know, being a, a kid at school, just some of the different ways you've seen these things uh, manifest and, and at least for you in a meaningful way, yeah. right? Like maybe maybe the other people witnessing it, it wasn't quite as, as powerful or meaningful, but yeah. Thing, things that sort of caught your attention and have stuck with you over time. Yeah, I, I, it happened so much that I, things like this would happen fairly regularly. Um, I remember one time there was I had a dream about a student. Uh, it was very clear what he was wearing. He came to, and he came in. He had graduated the year before, mm. and so this was the next school year. And, but I had a dream that he came into my classroom and was asking me a specific question about his life. Mm. And literally the next day he came in the classroom and asked me that question. <laughs> and so it was just replaying the dream. Interesting. And so that's happened many, many times. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm an anti uh, flamboyant. Mm-hmm. kind of person so I think the more low-key so I wouldn't want to talk the whole but 
a whole lot about it, you know, but there were, yeah. Well, just a couple, a couple of examples. Uh, in our church. Uh, you know, we don't have to go deep into we these. We were, uh, our church on the east side, we were praying quite a bit, listening for the heart of God, which mm-hmm. is what we called it. We, keeping the watch, we, we mm-hmm. use that language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, and it's true, and I don't know what it means now, and I don't know, and, and I'm open to the idea that I just got lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, I think it was the winter of, of one year. I, I think it was, I don't remember, 97, 98, something. You could look it up. Uh, um, but I had a prophecy that said that there was going to be a drought in the U.S. Mm. In the, that was going to move all the way from uh, throughout the South. Mm-hmm. And by that summer, there was a massive drought. Mm. Uh, I remember watching the news with Peter Jennings. Remember that guy? <laughs> yeah. Specifically, this poor <laughs> farmer was saying it's the mother of all droughts. Mm. And I wasn't happy about that. I was crying and praying, you know, praying for rain. And the, and the oh, and the prophecy was that on August sixteenth, the rain would come, the mm. drought would break, and and it actually did. Mm. And the next day, August seven, and this drought was in the news every day, mm-hmm. all summer. And then on August seventeenth. The, the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton scandal. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. That broke the next day and, and it got swallowed up in the news. Interesting. Uh, and so it disappeared. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. As things but I was on, yeah, I was on tape saying that and, and I was, I, I put it out on the line kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when it all happened and came down, I don't know what it even meant, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It didn't really have any consequence after that. So I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, things like that. Uh, most of the time it was with people's personal lives. Mm-hmm. I would know if someone was pregnant, uh, that kind of stuff or, you know, uh, and, uh, healing. That was, that's another mm-hmm. manifestation gift. There'd be prayers like that. And so, and so I, the thing that comes to, or it actually came to mind as I was reading, um, reading the passage at the beginning, but it, and, and it's, it's happened before. Cause it, you know, it's obviously not the first time I've ever read that, but this I, idea within me, it's like, Oh wow. I want to get me some of these gifts. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I get me some of these gifts? You know? And, and at the end of the day, I know that's not, not really, not really how it works, but for someone, someone listening in today and um, actually before we get to that, so the, these gifts, do you think, <clears throat> you mentioned the wandering hand of God, um, but but in like a long-term sense, long-term being our, our lifetime, not our, yeah. not, not long-term, you know, decades and decades and, or um, centuries and centuries and centuries. But um, do you, do you think these, these, uh, how have you seen these gifts lit? Um, live through someone's life, you know, yeah. whether, whether it's like, you know, they had it as a kid and they had it their entire life or right. they had it for a season or they had it for a moment um, or all the above. What, what, how have you witnessed it in, in others, I guess would be yeah. a, a good way before my next question. Well, it could be an, it's an intoxicating experience. So you see someone, miraculously healed in front mm. of you or or somebody is empowered or 
or they're emotionally healed or, you know, mm. these kinds of things. Yeah. It's, it's a very intoxicating experience. I can imagine. Like being, yeah. you know, what we call baptized in the spirit, filled with the spirit, speaking in tongues, being born again. Mm. So very, very much. And you can become addicted to the feeling yeah. that, that uh, was a result of the experience. And then you chase after that feeling chase the dragon yeah and then and then you've missed the moon so to speak and mm. you become obsessed with the finger pointing at the moon so that happens most of the time pretty regularly and so a whole church can do this mm. and then they're just stuck in the time when this thing happened and they're just stuck in that uh and there's in that of, moment in time and space yeah, and they're and they're trying to get back to it or try to get more of it and so they chase uh revivals that are going on uh mm. they'll go chase an evangelist they'll go uh you know try to be close to that kind of thing um and i yeah and so the way it progressed in my life i was definitely a boy scout extremely obnoxious uh intense intensely pursuing these gifts to be mm. manifested in my life i was uh signed up for all of them you know I, i'm signing <laughs> up for all of them uh, give them, give them, give them, give them. I'll do what it, not realizing the word gift is free, right, you know, yeah. you don't earn it. Uh, but I was going to position myself somehow Leverage. in a place. Leverage yourself. So that God would use me. And so you can become so intense with that, that mm. you end up, uh, you know, uh, showing it away. Like it'd be like a, it'd be like a bird watcher going out and yelling at the birds to come Come see me. Come, let me see you. <laughs> Show <Yeah>. yourself. <laughs> and you're crunching through the woods. You know, you got to you gotta chill out, you know, which is what Wimber would always say. You know, Dial it down. That was his, mm. his thing. Dial down, essay. Uh, you know, and, and he meant it as just your attitude, but I, I take it more so in going to a contemplative stance, mm. a contemplative thing, which is truly waiting on what, what's needed in the moment um, and being com truly open to that with no agenda. And then a gift will manifest and you won't, it doesn't matter mm. whether you recognized it or not. It just happened. You just serve somebody without knowing that you serve them. And so I think that's a better way. I, I think that's the mature way uh, when it happens like that, rather than, uh, I'm going to meet with this person. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I know what they need, mm -hmm. you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And so, so that was the progression for me from this intense um, seeking after them. And it's not wrong to seek after them. It says to, right? It says yeah. to, to desire prophecy and all that. Um, but, but yeah, but then you got to manage that. There's a lot to navigate mm -hmm. through that. Mm -hmm. A lot of emotional addiction right. to it. Uh, and so, yeah, so a lot of other uh, Protestants usually... And Catholics too. Uh, Catholic priests usually will will say uh, will dismiss that as emotionalism, mm. so that they don't have to seek after it themselves. And uh, and it's like, huh, yeah. And so yeah, so I had a student years ago. She went to a Pentecostal church, uh, got born again, and was speaking in tongues. And she wrote me a message. She said, "Well, what do I do now?" And, and I just told her, enjoy it. This is a sign of God pouring his love out on you. Mm -hmm. uh, let yourself be loved. Let yourself be valued so that that love will flow through you and you'll treat others the same way. 
you know, just enjoy it. That's what you need to do now. Mm. You know, usually what they'll hear though is you got to read your Bible. I do the gotta, next. And nowadays it's you got to vote Republican. Uh, you you need to hate immigrants and and queers and gays. Uh, and you have to, uh, yeah, <laughs> put sixteen year old girls in prison for abortion. So so they add, they tack on all this stuff, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, sorry. Well, that, I mean, that kind of answered my follow-up question as far as like this idea of pursuing it or um, desiring it. And, and maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you can go a little bit deeper into this idea of, um, I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but like pursuing it in a mature way or seeking in a mature yeah. way. Actually, that, yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's where it's at is this, this idea of, of seeking, um, gifts or a gift in a mature way and and um and even even or maybe so maybe it's not even maybe it's twofold seeking it or like you said when when the the student that kind of fell into it right when we're speaking tongues and um and then navigating navigating that in a mature mature way or sustainable way you know what i mean where you're not where you're not uh then tacking on these side these side things, right. Of, of, um, side requirements. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so maybe, maybe this idea of the pursuit and then the, you know, if, if the gift arrives at your door, but but converse to that. So I've, I've had conversations years ago, especially about that where people would say, well, I'm not mature enough Mm. to seek that. I know that I'm not good enough. I know I'm not, so again, you have to realize it's a gift and yeah, but my motives aren't pure. They never will be pure. Yeah, your right. motive, you're, you're human. a human being. So your motive will never, yes, you do want to be some powerful prophet or you want to be known as some evangelist. Yeah. Uh, you money, know. money, power, and respect. Yeah, you want to, you want people to greet you as pastor in the marketplace. Uh, you do want that and be aware of that. That's how you start. Mm. You become aware of that uh, false ambition, if you will. And, but there's also uh, the spirit's desire, and which is in you, to serve in love with mm. nothing in, attached to it. So there's that too, and so you, it's it's a matter of learning how to navigate. And the only way to do it is to to you make the road by walking. So you're, yes, you're going and, to mess and up. falling too, because you you are going to fall short. Yeah, in the sense of you're going to trip over rocks and yeah, go off the road. Like oh, this path looks cool, <laughs> which is why you need that discipline of confession, <laughs> mm. repentance, and accountability, especially if you're uh, in any kind of official uh, leadership kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. so because yeah, you'll start what? manipulating people, hurting and that- people. That was one of the interesting things. So, oh man, I can't even, 10 years ago or so, um, when I first, um, oh, we've, we've spoken about her uh, quite a bit. Um, Natalie Bowles Weber, is that? Oh yeah. Is that, is, am I getting her name right? I think so. Okay. Nadia. Nadia, Nadia, thank you. I didn't think, yeah, okay. So, um, the Lutheran pastor. It might have been, it might have actually been on an on being uh, podcast that she was on. It was a podcast she was, it was an interview. It might not even have been a podcast, it might have been an interview 
just that I, I came across. But one of the th- questions that came up is, you know, why why do you stay in the Lutheran faith? Yeah, yeah. And one of the things she laid out was um, she knew her, um, and she didn't use these words, but you know, sort of her, the wildness about wildness about her, yeah. and and um, sort of the temptation of some of these things that you're talking about. And so having that accountability and having that those other uh, whether it was the pastors as far as her peers or the ones in the in, you know higher up in the Lutheran hierarchy I, I don't know exactly how it's it looks like but uh, structurally but she said that accountability and that um, uh, not necessarily she didn't use the word submission but just you know being in that where you have to answer to someone else, right. you know, and, um, and it will affect your life or your yeah. career or whatever. Um, she needed that. She needed that structure. And, and, and she made the, she made, she made a bigger argument about how, you know, some of these mega churches and pastors that have no accountability and right. no, no, you know, they're, they're kind of the, the king on their, on their own, um, their own, uh, village or whatever, um, how dangerous that can be. And, and yeah. it, it takes a very, um, she said it wasn't impossible, but it's just, you know, it takes a very, um, uncommon person to have that much power and control yeah, and, exactly. and, um, to, to navigate it successfully, uh, and not harm other people, Yeah, exactly. you know? And so this idea of accountability, I think, but that can go sideways too, right? Cause you can find other denominations with scandal and everything yeah. else where, some hierarchical thing was set up. Um, You could set it out up externally, but it doesn't mean, you know, you as an individual have to make the choice to be accountable. You're either going to do it or not. You're either going to be transparent or you're not. Uh, Well, and even the, the people in, in quote unquote positions of responsibility in those structures, they have to decide, well, we're not going to cover this up. We're gonna, oh yeah, we are, yeah. We're, sure. We we are going to expose this. Yeah. You know, I you know I love you and care for you, and yeah, there needs to be some consequences for these, you know. And if you start, you know, if you start smart, start with little things, then the bigger things may not happen, right? Because yeah. it's yeah. like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't, I can't just go and do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, but you know, who knows? It's it's a very complicated. That's why small groups are so important, you know, that you have a small group of friends mm. that not, not people that are going to, uh, cheerlead you constantly. Not the, you know, not that kind of, or as we group say that really knows you and you know them and won't co-sign your bullshit. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, or like, uh, the, the Quakers with the, the, the circle of trust that I think mm. we've talked about that mm-hmm. right. clearness committees and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and you can have them in place externally, but again, if if you don't go there in spirit and in actuality, then it's you know it's not gonna do much. So, well, and I, I think it just well, and even that that was the other thing that came uh, to mind for me, and and so maybe this is a good a good pivot point. But um, one of the things that jumped out to me as I was reading that uh, is. It doesn't say, oh, you're going to get one of these gifts if you're just hanging out by yourself. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it very, definitely communal. It very specifically talked about in a, uh, a communal format, right? Yeah, like for sure. each, each person 
or not each person, but a different person. Yeah, for sure. Operating with the same spirit flowing through everybody. In a very diverse ways. Yeah. yeah. And so, so maybe you could speak on that a little bit about the importance of um, communal, not even communal living, but just this idea of community um, as it relates to giftings yeah. specifically. Yeah, it's important because it's, you know, the entire New Testament, the whole, all the, the Christian scriptures, the gospel, uh, salvation is a communal salvation. It's not a, it's, it's not a, uh, an isolated individual salvation mm. or gospel. Uh, and so what happens is we take, you know, in the modern period, we take a, a, uh, a community-centered theology, a community-centered <laughs> salvation, and we hyper-individualize it. Apply it to the individual. And so I'm a prophet. I'm an evangelist. And, and there are people that, yeah, you'll see them even on Facebook. They put apostle next to their name. And, nice. Uh, you know, want you to know that they're, you know. They're a healer. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, you know, and all that's just Dungeons and Dragons. You're just playing games, you know, uh, role-playing, except the... D&D crowd know that it's a game. That's the difference. <laughs> they're they're, uh, they're fully aware of the, the game yeah, aspect of it. because they got the dice, you know, and everything. So anyway, so yeah, so in, in the context that Paul is writing, and he's writing to a group of people, not a large group, you know. I right. Think, you know, uh, 50 people maybe, mm. 50 to 100. Uh, but, but, you know, this is how you should conduct yourselves, you know, in, in your in your meetings. Um, and it appears uh, even in the, that time period in church history, the first century, it looked like there were different expressions of how they met together too. Mm. Different expressions or Gentile expressions uh, that, that were more in line with uh, what they called the, the Ephesian uh, mystery cults, you know, and there and it was kind of a mixture of that. And then there was more of a, a, a Jewish flavor, Jewish, okay. uh, Jewish sense. What am I trying to say? Jewish centric. Okay. Uh, view like the church in Jerusalem. You okay. Know, obviously, right? Uh, and so, so you had different expressions, mm-hmm. and, uh, diverse manifestations, and and viewpoints and focuses, uh, which which would also correlate to where geographically where they were. I'm sure too. Absolutely played, played yeah. an important role in that. Yeah, even in the pretty late, actually, uh, different regions had what they called the the canonized scripture. Mm. <laughs> they were all, they had their different you know scriptures. So right, each each place had a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> different did. Flavor. It wasn't until Rome <laughs> came along, and and even even then, even under Constantine, it wasn't wasn't it wasn't canonized until the Protestants came along. Mm. Really really canonized the right, way that we understand right, right. it today until the the 14 1500s the so way, that's a late yeah. thing to and then now they just argue over scriptures constantly within just that realm and because with with diversity is going to come division mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and and so um and i think it's just that's part of the the way it goes you know and so how 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 might you recommend for a small group of people, whether it's trying to live in community or trying to, you know, maybe start a church or maybe they have a church going on and it's, it's relative, you know, 
compared to like, you know, these mega churches, it's relatively yeah. small, but it, it's serving them and their season of life. But, you know, how, promote diversity is, is a, is a weird way to put it. Right. That sounds like very much corporate speak, but, um, cultivating diversity embracing diversity maybe is a better way to yeah to look at it but but kind of you know what what ways would you because i think it's obvious in the scripture diversity is important yeah <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean um you know there's secular studies that have shown diversity is important in uh different contexts yeah yeah um and and so how you know how do you see that unfolding for, for a group of people that, you know, maybe they're struggling with that today? Yeah. Uh, I think when you, again, when you try to do it externally, we need more diversity. And so you put in some external, let's form a committee, let's form a task <laughs> right, force, right, yeah. let's form a team. Uh, and, you know. and Which is very corporate-esque. <laughs> yeah. And the vineyard don't, totally does this. Mm. And, the, you know, and the motive is right. And the motive is to get diversity yeah. coming through. Not you know, racial uh, as well. Uh, racial diversity. Uh, well, it should be all right. Eco, econ, economic diversity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, a big one. Racial. Economic, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, education. Yeah. Work. You know, work. Whatever you do for your vocation. I think. I think once a uh, a group of people is more than fifty or so. Mm. I'm not saying that as a magic number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing that out. I don't think that's possible uh, to have true diversity because uh, I think we've talked about this before um, and I always forget his name. He wrote a book called uh, A Different Drummer and he yeah, did. It's, it's uh, I always forget it's his slipping, name. It's slipping my mind too. Anyway, uh, the stages of community, he, he outlines them. Um, and, you know, the first one is called pseudo community which is where everything's kept on the surface. And that's where if a, if a group is over 50, you have to stay at pseudo community, which means you have to, to have uh, homogeneity, you have to have uniformity, uh, depending on how much they want to gatekeep, there's conformity going on. And it's just going to stay that way. Uh, I, I think it has to happen at a smaller hmm. level. It's kind of like uh, uh, economic justice and equality, uh, you know, and this is just my opinion. I'm not an, ec you know, I'm not, You're a, not a communist. I have no, I, I'm not a communist and, <laughs> and I have no, uh, I have no degree or background in uh, global economics or anything like that. But there is a lot of, po in, on the popular level, there's a lot of talk about uh, how great the, the land of, of milk and honey is in Northern European countries. Mm. Uh, their democratic socialism really works well. Why can't we bring that here? Well, because we're like 50 times bigger than those countries. Those countries are like the size of New Mexico. Well, not, uh, not only that, but their, their immigration. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't tell they you have that. tight fucking borders. Exactly. They don't let anyone <laughs> diverse in. And, and you know, you know what funds them too? oil. Yeah, probably Nazi <laughs> they're, gold. They're the they're big they're big oil <laughs> countries, and so it's like yeah, giving everyone great health care. Yeah, it's funded yeah. by oil, which people also want to shut down. Yeah, so it's there's, <laughs> yeah, so, so what I'm saying is is those things are best done in smaller mm. groups, um, 
and and just M. Scott Peck. M. Scott Peck. That's is it, the yeah. gentleman that. That's yeah. So so pseudo community is the first stage of community itself. The, the and then the second is uh, I think he. Uh, I, I'm not using the right word, but it's a conflict, a, uh, a dark night. That's when, uh, you know, a, a real conflict comes. Mm-hmm. And so that, that veneer of niceness that you have, politeness mm-hmm. it's and, dropped. and inside jokes, that kind of thing. And, and compliments, that, that's a big thing. If you go to uh, most churches, you're an awesome person. Everyone <laughs> tells you that, right? And you're saying that to everyone. You're awesome. No, you're awesome. No, you're awesome. No, you're so deep. No, you're so deep, you know. So it's just this. But then the real conflict comes. So that's the next stage. And then the third stage is there's this period of desert where you have to decide how how are we going to navigate after this blow up, after this conflict that we've had? Um, Are we going to part ways Mm -hmm. or are we going to try to repair it? Uh, And if you do come back together and, and push through it, then you can break into intentional community. Mm-hmm. Well, with a larger group, it's it's in the group's best interest to stay at that pseudo community level. Mm-hmm. And well, and so, so, especially so it's never going to happen. About is what things, I'm saying. Diversity is never going to happen. Especially yeah. if you're thinking about things about like specifically growth and focusing on your numbers and this and yeah. that. And so, yeah, um, exactly. That business model of church it's a, it's a that most thing. churches have. Yeah. It's a tough thing to do. So um, we still got some time. So I just wanted to sort of open it up in the sense of kind of, you know, kind of that last question I ask, you know, is there anything else around the giftings um, in any aspect that that uh, you'd like to add on to or, or convey? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, again, the, the end result is to serve. Some of them are very strange. Speaking in tongues is a very strange thing and I don't know how that serves other people uh, I know that uh, and again I'm contradicting myself when I when I I've been more served by the gift of tongues by praying it praying in tongues mm. privately rather than okay. publicly uh, and so uh, you know and, and I feel like they're different things anyway well did it but didn't so to kind of counterpoint that didn't you start speaking or praying in tongues publicly didn't it start there for you it was somewhat i mean it was kind of i mean yes it was at a public meeting yeah but it was kind of in a dark corner at that public meeting um so if you had you not had that public exposure you might not have known yeah 20 30 years later that actually it serves you it's it speaking in tongues serves you but for whatever reason it's it's a private affair yeah, so it's a strange. So there is some strangeness to the these things. Yeah, because weeks before I was seventeen years old, I remember walking out in the desert and asking God to lay it on me. Let me speak in tongues. Mm. Boom, and then you know nothing. Come would, on, God. Yeah, nothing would happen, and, <laughs> and I would say, "Come on." And then you know, yeah. Then I went to a meeting, and I think I've talked about it before. You mm-hmm. know, so. So yeah, but I, I feel like it's it expands my own soul mm. by praying that way. Yep. It's a transrational way of praying. Mm-hmm. You don't you're not in your head. You're you're more in your heart and your body in that kind of prayer. So maybe it over the years of practice with it, uh, maybe it's expanded my yeah. my heart to be right. more compassionate. You know, I don't know. Uh, uh, I want to believe that. 
Of course. I want to hope for that. So uh, the public gift is a very strange one. You don't see it that often, but someone will yell out in tongues in a meeting Mm -hmm. and then they wait for someone to interpret it. And usually what happens though, is they prophesy as if God is speaking to the group, but tongues is specifically a speaking to God about Mm -hmm. God. Speaking, uh, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So it says in Acts chapter two, when they were speaking in tongues and the people around that understood them, said they were speaking of the wonders of God Mm. and they were praising God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so usually what happens in a, in a charismatic or Pentecostal meeting is someone will give some message out in some language that no one knows. They'll wait for an interpretation. Usually whoever has the microphone will say, let's wait for the interpretation. (laughs) And they wait. And then somebody gives a prophecy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And they think that's the interpretation, but it's, but it's not the, it's it's just another gift was triggered again. Right. It's a dancing hand. Yeah. And, uh, there's a wildness to that. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times the pastor will, or whoever's leading the worship leader, whoever's got the microphone will, uh, We'll say, all right, that was a prophecy, so let's wait for the interpretation of that tongues. Mm. And then no one will do it, and then that person will do, usually do it. <laughs> you know, and it'll usually, you know, be a prayer. Oh, God, you are the one that, yeah. yada, yada, yada. So, Well, I just, I, I think it's, you know, it's a beautiful thing to remember this idea of the wildness of God. Cause, yeah. Because I think, or I don't think, people are much... Uh, much more comfortable with a tame and and predictable God. Absolutely. (laughs) Because most people are are like a tame and predictable life. But there is this wildness um, of God that just, that's what makes makes it so beautiful, in my eyes, so beautiful, right? This this unknown, this mystery. Um, Well, as a Catholic, we we locked up the presence of God inside, literally a tabernacle, right? You know, right? <laughs> literally put Jesus back into a yeah. brass cage, little, little lock box. And then when, and then as a charismatic evangelical, we, uh, we, we thought we were more sophisticated. We locked God up in a book, mm. uh, you know, the Bible being the Bible, locked him yeah. up in there. And you know, the wind will not be locked up. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you feel good. Yeah, cool think man. So. Haven't yeah. thought about these kind of things in a while. Yeah, it was a fun conversation. It's uh, something that I I don't think I've ever really delved into in a in a big way. So to to visit it, uh, cultivate some of this stuff, and visit and hear your interpretation of it has been good. Um, yeah, so that uh, that's all we got this week. Um, thank you to Jacob Nedia once again, Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Uh, thank you, Danny West. He does all the editing. Uh, thank you, David Morrison. Thank you, Mr. Mason. Appreciate you. And uh, once again, uh, before we sign out, um, if you are interested in the Book of Haiku, Desolate Beauty, the Book of Light and Shadow, Desert Rain Poem at gmail.com is the, the place to reach us. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, and get your pre-order in. Thank you for listening.